It's time again for the Jason Lee Club Show. It's time again for the Jason Lee Club Show. It's time again for the Jason Lee Club Show. And action, away we go. Welcome to Here's Your Freaking Podcast with the Jason Lee Club Show. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, again, if you uh, like the podcast, uh, feel free anytime. You can share it on social media. Please direct people to head over to jlnkshow.com. Uh, no matter where you got this podcast, you can always go to the website, stay up to date all the time. Uh, new episodes of the podcast, of course, all the social media links, and everything for the Terrestrial Radio Show uh, every weekday between uh, 6 and 10 a.m. Eastern Time. It's not quite like the podcast, but it's pretty good, too. Uh, so you can check it out, jlnkshow.com. All right, what are we going to find out on the podcast today? Um, well, we're going to uh, we're going to talk about the lies we were told in sex ed. You know, like when you get older, you're probably going to do it a lot with like tons of different babes. That that turned out to be untrue. We're going to find out what happens when you put nair on your nether regions. I think it's sex ed. I would have appreciated a bit of a heads up. Like you're not going to need to know any of this or remember it for quite some time, little fella. Yeah, all the good stuff you're going to learn on the internet. So just disregard what we're saying here. We'll talk about the most Googled sex questions, and we've got a porn star that's going to answer them. We'll talk about injecting cream into each other's wangs, and we'll learn a little something about breast play here today. How to do it the right way. Did you know there's a right way and a wrong way to play with breasts, Warren? I know you don't squeeze them and go, Mama! Tune in, Tokyo. Tune Mm. in, Tokyo. Uh, Let's begin, though. There is a shortage of sperm in Sweden. Oh, dear. It's probably those... Hot babes in Sweden. Oh, yeah. They're tapping all the men dry. Mm-mm. It turns out there's an impact because of the pandemic. Most people didn't see it coming. Okay. All right. Sweden <laughs> is facing a serious shortage of sperm. Over the last year, donations have dropped to their lowest point where they're, hey, what are we supposed to do without all of this sperm? There's never been so few donors than there has been in the past year. you got to remedy that. Otherwise, you're going to have a whole generation of people growing up with, like, three dads. They're like, yuck, my parents actually had to do it for me to be here. What would you rather do, be born that way or that that awful part of your life, that age where you realize that your parents had sex and that's why you're here? Mm. I'd rather be born Mm. in a Petri dish than go through that again. They did what? Oh, Oh, my God, they did, didn't they? There is no other way for me to be here. Yuck city. Although, nothing's got to be worse than the day you're working at a sperm bank and word's gotten out that they need donations, so you see a herd of men running your way. I'm here. I'm ready to beat off in your little room. Experts say it takes around eight months to process uh, a donor due to the many tests that are involved. Obviously, uh, it's just you just can't be some... Some knucklehead that walks in there, you know, does his business and leaves. They have uh, some protocol there. So it sounds like an easy problem to fix, right? You just put the call out. Hey, we've got a private room. We've got some porno and a box of Kleenex and a little cup. We need your help. They say under Swedish law, a sperm sample can only be used by a maximum of six women. Whoa. The head of the reproductive unit at this hospital where the shortage is happening says if a woman has 50 men contact her, (laughs) at best, only half of them could be donors. Whoa. So now they're taking, oh no, they're they're an ad campaign. They're taking it to television to tell Swedish men that they need to, you know, step up and do their part. Yeah, be a patriot, Swedish men. 
get out there and crank one out for the uh, the good of your common man. Uh, speaking of uh, the birds and the bees, we all sat through sex ed, ed class. Uh, Again, spent. it's 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 one of those classes where you're sitting there, and one day it dawns on you that your parents totally did the sex once, and that's why you and your brothers and sisters are here. It's a terrible moment in every young person's life. I, if I remember sex ed correctly, they're always like, "How could you let dad defile you yeah. like that?" They spent way more time talking about STDs than they did talking about the actual act of sex itself. You know, the main thing I take I took away from sex ed because we had sex ed and health class. Um, they were at the same time. You know the number one thing? I don't remember anything about sex ed class. I just remember um, I remember when they talked about uh, periods and stuff and yeah. how badly I felt for all the girls in the class because, you know, they just wanted to die. In our, cl- in our school, it was fifth grade was puberty class, sixth grade was sex ed, and for puberty class, they they uh, di- divvied you up. You didn't, like, the boys weren't with the girls, and the girls were all by themselves. You were like... All right, you can't learn about anybody else's genitals but your own. Oh boy, we were all mixed in there together in the Oof. same the same humiliation that the women felt every time the word period was used was the same humiliation that was felt every time the word erection was used for the boys. Maybe they wanted to scare everybody out of it altogether. Because it was also sex ed class, so about 90% of the time, you had an erection through most of sex education <laughs> class. Everybody's sort of nervously looking side-eye like, oh, what's going on there? Whose Levi's silver tabs are tenting? It was like the only class they didn't call you up to the board. Would you like to come up and give us an example on the board? Uh, they never did that in sex ed class because they, they knew. They knew. Yeah, the sex ed was three days on intercourse, and like the rest of the semester was on like chlamydia. Yeah, the main thing I took away Clap, from... Clap, and then they saved AIDS for the end. From health and, uh, and sex ed class was, was mouth diseases. That oh, yeah. was the number one thing that I took away. I don't really remember anything else except for the period, the erection, and then you better brush your goddamn teeth. Otherwise, you're going to end up, and they would flip that slide over with this. That's where we learned there was a difference between herpes simplex type 1 and type 2. One's on your lips, one's on your dingling. They were like, here's what happens when you don't brush your teeth, and then they would show like where a tooth used to live. Yeah. And there was like a festering party of pus. You're like, oh. Oh, my God. Then you get real serious about your tooth care. All I remember is there was some STD, and I can't remember what it was, but the sores or the inflammation or whatever looks similar to cauliflower on your genitals. And I I think they thought this will scare these little fucks out of screwing for a while. All right, so BuzzFeed had uh, an article. What were the lies that you were told in sex education class? We were laughing on the Terrestrial Show the other day is uh, in my neighborhood, uh, my little suburban neighborhood where I grew up. I had a buddy that had psoriasis really bad, and he was dating this girl that lived across the street from him. And one day he finally worked up the courage to go in for a kiss. So he got the kiss, but then she ran out of the house sobbing. And he thought, well, that didn't go the way that I wanted it to go. I imagine that had zero effect on his self-esteem for the years post-seating that event. And then come to find out that his uh, the girl's mom had told her that if they kissed, she would then get the psoriasis. Like the Skittles commercial. Right. And so when he kissed her, she freaked out and thought, oh no, my flaky skin is on its way. Because he get like flaky skin and rash real bad too. Yeah. He was always like uh, pink and scratching somewhere. So, obviously, parents and teachers like to bullshit you to scare you out of this kind of stuff. So, what kind of lies did they tell you? Yeah, because back in the day, we didn't have an internet you could just run to and ask. No. It was always like, ah. We all sat through the classes, right? Um, 
So Reddit asked the question, hey, people who had abstinence-only sex education, what was the most outrageous and untrue thing that you were told? So, of course, Reddit always pays off. And then right off the bat, and again, I feel like we're being lied to here, I was taught that girls only get one orgasm in their lifetime, so they need to save it for a special person. <laughs> now, we all know from experience that there's no such thing as the female orgasm. Yeah, it's yeah. a myth. Complete it's a com- bullshit. Huge lie. Uh, only one. Well, but, well you, you blew it. But that's cute because at least they dangle that carrot out there. And they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, a woman could totally have an orgasm once. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Somebody says, uh, my church-based sex ed class claimed that foreplay involved things like reciting poetry to one another or playing the violin together. Maybe it did back in the Middle Ages. Any sort of activity that you could do together was considered to be foreplay. Oh. As long as you're not touching each other. Somebody said, I learned in school that hugging a boy will get you pregnant. Well, it is. It's a special hug. If you touch your penis, I was told it will shrivel up and die. If you touch it enough, it will. But you gotta, like, touch it a lot. Boys get so horny that sometimes they can't control themselves. So, girls, it's up to you to remove the temptation for the boys. Yikes. That's archaic. Hey, physically you don't get out of control, but mentally, though, there's a lot of times where your your brain is a million miles an hour. I'm pretty sure from the ages of, like, 12 to 15, I was a fucking monster in between my ears. Hey, somebody says, hey... Wow, this will make it make it hard to sleep at night. I was taught in sex education cl- in class, all the lost souls in my semen wasted to masturbation. It would be at the trial for my next life. Holy shit. <laughs> hey, that's the deepest one we've had so far. It doesn't get heavier than that. You think can't I, tell a kid that. Think about all the lost souls you spit into that sock, huh? Or what if you had like a wet dream and you wake up, you're like, no, what have I done? I didn't even do anything. That's going to be a part of my trial when I try to make it to the next life. There he is, the masturbator. There's like tens of millions of souls standing around looking at you. Yeah. Here are the things you've looked at. No! Wagging their tails, not because they're happy, though. Uh, Most people say, uh, I was taught sex education class at premarital sex. If you have premarital sex, no one will ever want you. Oh, no, they want you at that time. Everybody wants you at the time. We're told that only men have orgasms, not women. Okay, so some of these are true. Okay. Again, female orgasm, myth. It's a lie. Hoodwink. It's like the Jersey Devil. Yep. Only exists in fairy tales. (laughs) This woman once compared a teenage girl who has had premarital sex to chewed up bubble gum. She then switched the comparison to a pair of old worn-out shoes. Hey man, nobody some... wants our uh, nobody wants ABC gum now, do they? No, nobody wants the lawn mowing shoes, do they? No. Hey, a man with bare feet wants those lawn mowing shoes. Let me tell you what, brother. I've walked so many miles <laughs> in these bare feet. Uh, my sex ed class told us that birth control pills don't work on teenagers. That seems incredibly irresponsible. It does. <laughs> Although, if you think about it, man, if you're an adult, and I, like, I'm 40, and I imagine if someone's like, you need to teach all these 12 and 13-year-olds about sex, I would probably do a worse job than that article. Yeah. I'd be like, good. I'd be like, ah, just fucking don't do it, man. It's, yeah, you know, I mean, you're going to do it, so just... I'll good tell luck you out not, there. Yeah. It's, it's a war. It's, it's not a battle. It's a war. Good I'll luck. T- I'll tell you not to. It's horrifying, and it will be well into your 30s. 
All right, breast play. How do you do it correctly? Uh, They say breast play, the payoff is much greater than you ever imagined it could be if you do it correctly. Boys, pay attention. I know you're you're not supposed to treat them roughly. Like, I know in, like, pernos and movies and stuff, people grab a hold of them hard and firm, yeah. but you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, they just, they, they mash them like a cat trying to get comfortable on a pillow. Yeah. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah. They do say, uh, right off the bat, you're supposed to talk dirty to the breasts. That's pretty cool. Yeah, kiddies. <laughs> Happy to see you, ladies. How are you? <laughs> boobies, boobies, boobies. <laughs> they say you need to compliment your partner's breasts early in the foreplay. They say women are mostly uh, unhappy about their breast size. So for you to compliment them actually, you know, builds up her self-esteem. Uh, hey, these titties are great. Tatas. Mama, I want to squeeze them. Yeah, uh, they nice say, jugs you got there, yeah, ma'am. They say, for example, like, your nipples are so hard right now. I don't think I could spit out that line without laughing. That's a lot of syllables. Uh, oh, wow, you have amazing boobs. Those are some of the other examples that they give. They say, don't head for <laughs> the nipple right away. Titties! Nipples vary widely in terms of sensitivity. So if you're not quite sure what your partner likes, you need to work your way up to the nipple. Start off by gently stroking or massaging the tops, the bottoms, and the sides of the breast before making your way to center earth. That'll build the anticipation, they say. They say. They say, focus on the areola. When you feel like your partner is ready, which means they're making a lot of noise or maybe wiggling around with pleasure. Then dive into nipple town. Move on to the areola. That would be the dark colored circle that surrounds the nipple, Warren. It's actually more sensitive than the nipple itself. Focus on the upper quadrant of the breast between 10 and 2. Same place you hold the steering wheel when you're learning how to drive. That is the most sensitive part of the bullseye. And then it gets weird. It says, gently stroke the nipple and circle the areola with a finger. Or circle the nipple with your thumb and forefinger. Well, it's kind of like spinning the wheel on that old video game. Uh, what oh, was that? Yeah. Uh, whatever. Uh, and television used to have that little wheel on the uh, yeah, yeah. on the video game system. Get your mouth involved, but be gentle. If your partner has inverted nipples, I'm not sure I know what that means. That means they go in in the middle. That's what I thought. Approximately 10 to 20% of women have inverted nipples. You can... Lure the nipples out by touching, kissing, licking, or gently uh, using your mouth. Don't bite unless she asks you to. And even then, be very careful. Do not bounce, jiggle, (laughs) honk, or slap the boobs. Uh, If your first reaction is to slap the titty, you need to go back to the first day of class, son. I don't think this is true, but they lead with, while some folks are very into uh, having their boobs honked during sex, I don't think that's true. No. They're few and far between. I mean, I don't know. I can only answer for like seven or eight women, three, whatever. The breast is sensitivity um, is concentrated around the nipple. They say groping or jiggling will literally do nothing for most women. Oh, 
Uh, it says, this is also why putting your penis in between your partner's <laughs> breasts, while it may look cool and fun to you, is probably not their favorite activity. Uh, you're, <laughs> you're getting absolutely nothing from this, aren't you? Uh, titty fucking. Wow. <laughs> you're just waiting for a horrible ending, aren't you? <laughs> Uh, they say, I'm fairly convinced that almost never happens in real life anyhow. They're saying different types of breasts enjoy different things. 24%. Uh, researchers found that women with large breasts are about 24% less sensitive than the small ones. That's probably because the nerve endings that transmit sensation from the nipple are so stretched out. If your partner is pregnant, nursing, or on their period, their nipples will be tender. Mm. You know, like your favorite steak. It says, if that's the case, focus on the underboob. What if they're tough and leathery? <laughs> like the steak you, you wind up getting usually. Hi, welcome to Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> what if it's like a spit-out wad of chalk? Yeah. What if it looks like this nipple was an accident? It says, focus on your partner's underboob, which is frequently a neglected area, and gently cup and support the breasts. Uh, they also recommend for great boob play, bring nipple clamps. I don't even know where you'd find one of those online. I'm guessing, and once you've uh, you've that's moving on to the more advanced breast play is. Hey, what about those wild paper clips that have like the black thing on them, the triangle, and you squeeze the two little wires and they open up? What about like a chip clip? Can I use a chip? Oh, clip? <laughs> erotic and implies there are snacks involved. <laughs> There's an open bag of Cool Ranchers around here somewhere. <laughs> I'm trying to keep these titties fresh, so I'm gonna put this this chip clip on there. Hey, so much like to tell you, sex ed class. Hey, good luck out there. Yeah, right. All right, the most Googled sex questions that we have. These are the top five, and what's nice is uh, Men's Health Magazine brought in a porno star to answer the questions. Peter North, the North Pole. Uh, Mia Khalifa is our uh, high-profile porn star here. So here's the question. I will give it to you. She's gorgeous. Um... I know we talked about it on the terrestrial show because she wears Harry Carey glasses, but I didn't get past that. Hang on one second. Let me. Yeah, she's cute, man. Mia Ka. How do you spell Khalifa? K H A L. Mia Khalifa breaking news? What? And she didn't even do that much porn. She just did a little bit of porn that got really, really uh, checked out quite a bit. Yeah, she. Oh, okay. She's cute. All right. I can't get past the Harry Carey glasses. I'm sorry. You know, yeah, like, she's yeah, roll, she's hey, you roll over yeah. after you're done. She's like, how about a last cool Budweiser? Yeah, she's she's great without the glasses. I'm really having a hard time with the glasses. All right, so they asked the question. Here's what we're googling when it comes to the most frequently asked uh, Google uh, sex questions. Number one, how to make a woman orgasm? Mia Khalifa says, well, it depends on the woman, but the need for most is a lot of foreplay. There's kissing, taking your time. Ugh, I'm already tired. This is exhausting. Being tender, oh, being rough, whatever your girl wants, play off of her and what she's doing. If she wants to lead, follow her lead. If she's still not ready, she wants to tease you. She wants you to tease her just a little bit. Just don't ask um, uh, if you can put it in now. Yeah. Hey, Mia Khalifa, way to not answer the question. You're like, how do you do this? Well, it's a variety of ways. It really yeah. de- depends. It depends, really. Yeah, we're looking for something a little more concrete and a little less work. How do you know if you're doing something right? 
Most Googled sex questions, Mia Khalifa responds with, look, listen, and feel her out. If she's moaning, that means what? She's having a great time. Or you're too heavy. Oh. If she looks like, I made that part up. That's not <laughs> <Yeah>. true. <laughs> <laughs> if she looks like you're having, if it looks like she's having an exorcism performed on her, she's getting close, and that's a good sign. Most Googled sex questions, number three, does size matter? God, I hope. Mia Khalifa, who has seen her share of sizes. Yeah. She says, I don't think size matters at all. It's about the way you treat a girl and how she feels about you. To me, climax is more important, and it's more about how I feel about the person rather than what they're doing. I don't think I believe that answer. I imagine there are women, I don't know. I imagine there are women out there that prefer a huge wiener, but at the same time, what did we learn a couple of months back or a year ago that the average American penis is like just under five inches or something like that? Okay. So if that's the average, then there aren't a lot of big penises to be had around these parts. Oh, this part's terrible. How long should sex last? Seven to nine minutes. Mia Khalifa says what? Five to seven minutes for a quickie. Hey. For something more passionate, 10 to 15 minutes. She says, I don't like hour-long sessions because I get, well, this is the unsexiest word you could use. She gets bored. I don't like hour-long sessions because I get chafed. Okay. Uh, She also says she gets tired, and uh, SportsCenter is about to come on, so wrap it up, people. The fifth most popular uh, Googled sex question is what? I don't even know. Does anal sex hurt? What? Probably. Mia Khalifa says? It does! Yes. She just answers with, Yes. Would you care to elaborate that it gets better? <laughs> I don't know, man. Hey, as you get older as a guy, the more shit you like, you read or you stumble across on the internet, the more like you'll you, you'll find that one story that you heard somewhere where like the girl was into it or preferred it. And you're like, maybe there's a chance, but 99 out of 100 are like, no, no, it's not a thing. I feel I really feel like porno lied to us. The amount of anal sex that's going on out there. All right, what happens if you put nair on your nads? Bad news. It burns. Um, a guy didn't want to shave his berries, so he decided that he was going to go with the nair. We've seen the nair commercials, right? Back when we were kids, nair commercials were all over television. You just wipe it on and wipe it off, right? Yeah. The hair comes along with it. I don't know how it works. It just looked like it worked. Guy decided he was done shaving down there, so boom, I'm going to nair this bad boy. You know. This speed bag. And he did. He ended up with so much pain that he nearly threw up every time he took a step. Hey, not uh, do uh, obviously we all know that the skin down there is much more sensitive than the, scare, uh, the, the skin anywhere else, right? The man ended up with so much pain that he nearly, quote unquote, threw up every time he took a step. Then... His boys started bleeding. Well, I think it sucks because there's nothing you can... There's not like an antidote for Nair. It just has to sit on there and fucking scorch. It just starts festering in there. I the, mean, my first thought would be dip your balls in milk, but that's but that's it's a chemical. It's not going to help. Once the boys started bleeding, he figured, that's it. I have to go to the hospital. <clears throat> oh, this is terrible advice. When he got to the hospital, he was informed by the professionals that the bleeding would stop. And they recommended using an alcohol pad to remove any excess cream. 
So they then that seems like it's just going to make it worse. They wiped his boys down with alcohol pads. Uh, oh, hey, hey, hey! He said it didn't make things hurt any less, and he passed out in the process because of the alcohol pads. Holy shit! Yeah. Uh, now he's uh, trying to get right uh, with Jesus and his uh, his own speed bag by using the hydrocortisone cream. He's very careful when he rolls over while it's healing because it still hasn't healed yet. Shit, that's scary, man. Uh, they do say that the creams such as Nair specifically for hair removal, uh, they do have creams specifically for hair removal in that area. He was just using the regular standard run-of-the-mill Nair down there where you're not supposed to use it. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's primarily for like arm and leg hair for ladies, right? Like they don't put it on their underarms or their nether regions because it's like fucking... But they do have Nair for super sensitive skin, places like that. All right, speaking of dudes doing weird stuff, inspired by a, a sketchy YouTube video, a couple of dudes... Frenchmen reportedly went to unhealthy means to increase the size of their wangs. In the video, it suggested that you could boost your boner by injecting uh, uh, hematoma cream in it. Hematoma? In your wang. So two dudes did it to each other. It's yeah. a, you almost have to do that. I mean, I don't think you could do it to yourself. It'd almost be like... All right, bro, do me. Yeah, dude, what's mine say? Awesome! What does mine say? Sweet! I'm going to need you to inject this cream into my dog. Bro, you gotta be really close friends to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, about nine inches apart from each other. So they did it shortly after the duel reported. Pa- oh man, <sighs> progressively painful swelling throughout the badonga dong throughout the night that led them to seek hospital attention in the morning. Imagine going in there with your buddy because you both got the same problem and you have to lay your dicks out on the the help desk. I'd be like, be this like, is hey, where we're at. This is what's happened. We put some cream in each other's dongs. Please help us. Please. They went to the hospital seeking medical attention the next morning. Both were prescribed painkillers and hoped that the situation would remedy itself. Dermatologists still have no idea if the guys might have done permanent damage to their dongs or not. As a guy, I mean, you... Your penis is the most precious thing you have, right? You treat it with care. I mean, sometimes you abuse it, but you don't ever inject anything into your penis, man. Uh, that's the warning right there, as doctors say. Please don't. Just don't. All right, here's the worst people on the planet for just one day. You know, sometimes when it calls, it calls. You just want to do it, right? What if the only place you have to do it with your significant other is on a bench? In front of a school. Oh, new. That is in session. Arr. The most amazing part of this story is that the pair had just met. Obviously, he must be some sort of a super stud if he could pick up a girl and bang her on a bench in front of a school like that, right? I'm going to take a flyer here and say there's drugs somewhere in this backstory. There are no drugs. How did he get the girl? Is there booze? Nope. <sighs> Was a Craigslist. Nope. I don't have any more guesses. He was shirtless and juggling. <laughs> Fuck the story. No, he wasn't. 
Some woman was so turned on by a shirtless juggler that she had to have him on the bench right there. Probably a little less of the juggling and the more a little more of the shirtless. But a shirtless man was juggling when he was he impressed the girl. The evidently juggling is some sort of an aphrodisiac for this young lady, because shortly after the meeting, she was straddling him on a bench in front of a school. This is the first story I've ever heard about a juggler getting tail like this. That was in session. While students snapped pictures <laughs> of the couple on the bench. Uh, there's uh, your sex ed, kids. Obviously, your uh, your teachers go ape shit because you can't have that. Well, on top of that, like with those drug guys that showed up with Frisbees, the next day we had Frisbees. Imagine how many kids are juggling the next day in a playground. Every single kid in that school, is, yeah, he's, he's got three oranges that he's chucking around. Uh, police did arrive. Uh, they broke up the love fest. The couple were still fucking doing it when police arrived. Wow. Good for them. Either that or the response time in Spain for the police is like lightning fast. Very Who knows? Um, the couple were arrested. Uh, no idea if they're going to be uh, sentenced to jail, if there's going to be a fine involved, or if all the charges will be dismissed. But he got her by juggling. Incredible. Shirtless. Handsome Spaniard juggling. Okay, now we're coming around a little bit, obviously. Mm. He's, yeah, okay. Looks like Antonio Banderas. I think we get it now. All right, so there you go. There's this week's episode of Here's Your Freaking Podcast. Don't forget, if you uh, enjoy the podcast, please talk about it at length on social media. Tell everybody what a good time you had today. Don't forget it. You can also get every episode just by heading over to jlnkshow.com. We do it every week, so uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.